0: Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame, or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friends, I'm so grateful you're here with us today for the Fully Restored podcast. Before we jump into my interview with today's guest, I wanted to let you know that during our conversation today, there is some discussion that is best listened to away from children's ears. I so appreciate my guests who are transparent and real, and who are giving us hope on the other side as well. Please be mindful of your own triggers and know we are discussing these things to bring them to the light of Jesus and to help individuals find their own healing. Thanks, friends. And now to my interview. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, AJ, who will share with us her story of deep healing and the journey that God took her on to restore her life. Although she was raised in a good Christian home, she experienced abuse, which tainted her view of God. Join us as we discuss her journey onto her own Fully Restored story. Welcome, AJ, to the Fully Restored podcast. Thank you for having me, Kristen. I'm so excited to be here. It is a joy to have you with us. So AJ, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my name is Araba Joy. And I have been a wife to my husband, John, for almost 28 years. And we have four children, both biologically and through adoption. And for the most part, what I do now is I run an online ministry at airbajoy.com and minister to people in the online space. So AJ, that's wonderful, the work that you're doing
0: in um, your online ministry. In fact, I've gone to your website and I encourage everyone to go because you have a wealth of resources there, which we'll talk about later on at the end of the show. But right now, could you tell us what was your childhood
1: secret and how did that shape your life? Yes. So my story really starts more on a dark note and it's kind of heavy. So just to let the listener be aware. And it starts when I was about four. One of my very earliest memories was of childhood abuse. So our family was a good Christian family. And because of that, we invited a missionary family to come and stay with us while they were on furlough. And a member of that family who was a 17-year-old young man pretty much groomed me that summer to be sexually molested. And my earliest memories were of that summer and being in this relationship with this young man. And it was quite secretive. It was obviously, you know, nobody knew. His his family members did not know. My family members did not know. And it was a very deep-rooted area of shame for a very long time in my life. And so you were four years old when that happened? Is that what you said? Yes, I was four years old. And it happened over the summer? Yes. So pretty much they were on furlough from like May to August. And that whole summer is when this occurred in my life.
0: And so did you ever tell your family? I mean, four years old, four years old and a 17 year old. That's pretty intimidating. Yes, very much so.
1: And, you know, he knew what he was doing. So he he knew how to groom me. And because of that. I had like these mixed feelings about. It. I felt special to him. I felt like this was something was beautiful about me, and yet, on the other hand, I knew it was wrong and it was dark, and I felt like something was defective with me that he would choose me for this so the the whole shame and pleasure both were combined, and that's kind of situation you just don't talk about and it took me years to really understand some of those feelings and to work through them. A a four-year-old is not prepared to deal with any of that, just on any level.
0: Yeah. And you bring up some really good points about the enjoyment, the pleasure part of it, versus the shame and the uncomfortableness like on one side you know the grooming part is to make you feel special to make you feel like you are one of a kind and you're valued and gifts and and the way they talk to you and the things they do for you so makes you feel special and then the darkness starts to come in and past that grooming process when the um, sexual assault starts to happen that darkness Comes in. And we often, you're right, we often don't talk about the aspect of how it makes, especially somebody with sexual abuse as a child, you know, that on one side, you know, here, here is the, um, the grooming, you know, the feeling good about yourself. But then there's the other aspect of what happens, the darkness. And then there's a whole nother thing as we become older in that process of sexual assault where our body is stimulated regardless of whether it's forced or not. And that becomes a whole nother issue that causes more shame, more guilt, more feelings of being dirty and broken and ungood and and you said defective. Like that is a great word to describe that. So how did you maneuver through that in your childhood after they moved
1: away? So I think I pretty much buried it for most of my childhood. And then when I was a teenager, of course, teens are, you know, that's just a weird time in in our lives anyway, but it started, it came back to the surface. And I remember writing a note to my best friend at the time, telling her about what had happened to me. And for some reason, and this may have been a God thing, but for some reason it fell out of my bag and it was... My mom found it in our van and she read it and she came to me and she said, What is this? You know, I had no idea about this. And, you know, this was another time of, if I'm just being honest, it was another time of wounding in my life because she basically told me that I needed to forgive him. And that was the extent of the conversation. She said, You need to forgive him. And there was no redemptiveness. There was no. Like my heart wasn't pursued, my soul wasn't pursued. And it, it just, it felt like another blow to my personhood, you know, my identity, that it wasn't really properly dealt with. I just want to throw this in because I know this is, this is part of my story. That's a, that's a really big part of it. When I have met and married my husband, we've been married 28 years now, like I said, he really showed me what love really looked like. And I think it is important when we have these wounded places in our hearts to be around other people who can love us well. And I can see how my parents failed to do that in some ways. And we're all human, like no parent's going to be perfect, but I've also seen how someone has done it well. And I can tell you, it makes such a difference when we have other people enter into our pain with us. That is incredible. And I believe that's one of the biggest ways that God does administer restoration to our hearts is through other people who can love us and care for us and meet us in in our woundedness.
0: There's so much that you just shared there, AJ. And one of a couple of things that I just want to make note of just for our listener is, you know, you talked about that you buried it until your teen years that actually is really common. So what happens is we only can process to what we're developmentally able to process at our developmental stages, because there's different developmental stages in our life. And so as a teenager, you were starting to process it. So often what happens is people will say, well, I went to example, I went to counseling when I was eight, nine years old. I thought I was over that. Or I went to counseling when I was 12 or 13 years old. I thought I was over that. Or I went to counseling when I was 18. I thought I was over that. But we have multiple developmental stages in our life. And as we mature and are able to deal with things to process, it comes back up. And so you know, on one side of that, the other side of that, my heart breaks for you that the focus was on forgiving him. But sadly, this is a truth that I often teach and preach and and counsel about because it's my little uh, one of my little areas. In fact, I have it written in uh, I talk about it in my book, Healing for Our Soul Gardens, Restoration and Wholeness After Sexual Abuse in my Damaged Spirit chapter about forgiveness and that we have it mixed up and that it needs to start with forgiving ourselves because of all the shame and all, which is talked about earlier, but all all the shame and everything. So we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive God if we have issues with God about what happened. And then we need to forgive the person. And we often in the church tell the person that is the victim, well, you need to forgive them first. And we don't realize all the hurt everything that's connected inside. So we forgive them, but that doesn't change all the hurt inside. So I I just wanted to share that. And I love how you said, find people who can love you well, because that is the key, because our concept of love when we're, our experience abuse gets distorted. In fact, I think one of the greatest things of damage that happens to us is our concept of love when we experienced abuse. And then that affects our relationship with ourself, with God, and with others.
1: Absolutely. And I love how you brought up, you know, forgiveness is such an integral part. It really is important. But I feel like if we, if we ignore, it's kind of like the verse in Genesis where Joseph was talking to his brothers and he said, you meant evil to me, but God meant good. Yeah, And I think we have to acknowledge that there is an evil component, you know, before we can get to that good that yeah. God intended, we yeah. have to acknowledge that, that there was evil done and it was vicious and it was damaging, Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there's not restoration and healing on the other side of that.
0: Because what AJ, the teenager needed when that came out was for her mom to wrap her arms around her and say, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that you experienced that and not, will you need to forgive him? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So acknowledging that, acknowledging that there is darkness in the world and that sadly it affects our loved ones at times. We can do what we think we're doing to protect them, but it can still happen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. So many times we don't know that we need restoration. How did you realize something needed restoring in your view of God and yourself, which goes with what I was just talking about, the forgiveness part?
1: Yeah, so as I began our marriage, first couple of married years, I began to understand not only what love really looked like for my husband, but how damaged I actually was because I was really callous. My heart was super hard. I didn't trust anything. I self-sabotaged all the time. I would run from love. And this all came out in this loving relationship with my husband. And I thought this isn't what I thought was normal or what I thought was appropriate in a loving relationship is really not. I need to be more vulnerable. My husband is demanding something in me, a part of my heart that I've never given anybody before. And he just, he demanded that And a marriage relationship, a healthy marriage relationship does demand that. And so I began a journey and I'm sure you're familiar with this book, Kristen, but I read a book by Dr. Dan Allender called the healing path in that book. The biggest takeaway for me, was a verse he shared. It's it's from Isaiah, Isaiah 50, verse 11. It says, but now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze, but this is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. And Dr. Allender took that verse and he showed how useless self-protection is. And for the first time, I realized my whole life, my heart had been built around protecting myself. And that was kind of like lighting a fire, lighting my own fire. Instead of stepping into the light and the fire and the warmth that God had for me, it broke me. It just broke me. And I realized I want what God has for me. And I started just with the Lord's help. I started to learn how to trust And of course, this was with my husband and we ended up leaving the the States to go on the mission field. And that was another, just, I had so many opportunities to trust and grow my faith. Like God just paved the path for this to happen. But I began to learn what it looked like to just be vulnerable and to trust and to open my heart and to let God light my fire and let him light my path. And that was really the beginning of, of the journey. So that
0: is very powerful of that journey of the journey of discovering and healing that you went through with your husband. So you shared with us the difficulty you experienced from the abuse. Could you share with us your fully restored story? Was that what you just shared with us? Was that your turning point for you? When did you
1: find things start to change? That was probably, you know, a journey takes time. And, you know, I think we're all Journeying towards, you know, obviously heaven, where we'll be fully restored and perfect. So there, you know, there were several key points along the way that I think that were vital for the restoration that I have experienced. That was one of them. Another was when I just the Lord opened my eyes to understand childhood abuse in scripture. There's a verse in Matthew where Jesus is talking. And he says in Matthew 18, verse six, he says, Cursed is anyone who causes one of these little ones to stumble. And when I read that in the context that I was reading it, in, it just really hit me that Jesus was so protective of children. And he took it very seriously when someone else hurt a child. And just understanding that just in its simplicity for the very first time that Jesus was not in any way, shape or form involved in what happened to me. And he was not the author of it in any way, shape or form. And, and that he wanted restoration for me, you know? And so there were just these key points along the way that I began to realize there was something more for me. There was healing for me. I could experience healing. And actually I did a, I did a word study on that word stumble that's used in that verse in Matthew 18, six. And it is also used when Jesus talks to Peter and he said, I have prayed for you that you will not stumble. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers, you know, just thinking over that verse, I realized that stumbling isn't permanent. It isn't permanent. So here we have stumbling in a child, right? And then we have Peter stumbling. But Jesus tells him, when you've returned, you can strengthen your brothers. And that truth was liberating to me to realize this woundedness that I may be experiencing right now doesn't have to be permanent. There is something for me on the other side. And not only something that is for me, but something for others. I can strengthen others as well. And so that was another Just massive turning point for me, just the hope that that gave, the vision that it gave and the promise that God was working a healing in me that was going to be full. You know, it was, I was going to be whole again.
0: Wow. I love that about the scripture. And I kind of wrote a little side note to myself that stumble isn't permanent or it has the potential to not be permanent. We could allow a stumble in our life to be permanent, or we can do like you did and get back up and press on and not allow it to be a permanent thing in our life and to do the work like, you know, in in the early years of your marriage, you know, as your husband was pressing you to have that love relationship that is meant to be in a marriage, you could have pressed back, you could have pushed back off of him, but you pressed in and didn't allow the stumble, the woundedness, the hurt that happened to you be permanently decide your value, your purpose, your life. What a beautiful story of redemption, of how God has redeemed you.
1: Well, thank you, Kristen. And, you know, I think you really hit on an important part there in that we have a choice, because this is really what I have discovered too we've adopted a child and she has come from a hard place as well. And when we first got her, she lived in rejection of her new identity. And that's to be expected, you know, everything, everything in her life changed that moment. She went from orphan, from being neglected, from being abused to having a loving family, to speaking a new language, eating new food, like everything changed for her. Right. And, and God used the picture of her transformation in our home in my own life. It was like a reflection. This is what God does. He brings an uncultivated, Romans 10 talks about this. He brings an uncultivated vine and he brings it into the rich root of Jesus Christ. And he is able to do that. He is able to do that. He is able to take something that is broken, that is wild, that is unlovable. And he is able to graft it into The cultivated rich root of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. That's what he does. And yet we have a response to that. We have a response to say yes. And this was one of the turning points and one of the habits that I do just to stay rooted in that vine is to say yes to these things that God has promised and given me in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians 1 20, one of my favorite verses, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. And so here's our part. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. We have a part in this. We have a part, we have a responsibility to say, God, you have said this, this is what you have promised. And I am amening this. I am saying yes to this. I am saying, let this be over my life. I'm claiming this to be the truth and not what my experience has been and that is a responsibility that we have and that is probably one of the greatest daily practices that i have used that has been helpful for me in my journey
0: yeah grounding in the word grounding in god's word um in ephesians it you know we know the scripture that it, it talks about how deep and wide and you know is the depth and the love of god but i love what it says before like you need to read all of that together and that, that God's wanting us to be grounded in his love. And I just picture this image of, Lord, may my roots grow deep and farther into your love, that the soil is God's love. Then we can know, you know the depth and the width and, and all that of his love. So with your life experience, AJ, and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things you can share with our listeners as they begin their journey of healing?
1: Well, first off, I would say to just recognize that the enemy of our soul wants to use our negative and hurtful experiences to make us doubt the character of God. This is what he did in the Garden of Eden. He came and he cast doubt on the character of God, and he will use anything in our lives to do that. And when he does that, he causes separation between us and the only one that we can truly, fully and so I would just say to recognize the ways that the devil may have sown lies and doubts about God in our hearts, because that is really the root of it. We need to address those lies. And then the second thing is that self-protection isn't your friend. I know that the world is a hard place and it's, there are people who are not very nice and <laughs> You know, we all have things big and small that come at us that can hurt us. And our tendency is to protect, but there's freedom in trust and in being vulnerable and not that we lay our hearts bare so everybody can just use us and abuse us, but mostly trust before God and trust of God and those gifts he's placed in our lives and those people he's placed in our lives to open ourselves up to that. And then lastly, praying the promises daily. That has been a sweet way that God's brought healing to my own heart. And it's a way that I can, that is a way that I can guard my heart. I don't have to self-protect and guard it. The promises of God can guard my heart. And so that is just a really practical, tangible way that I would say, if anybody wanted just something to latch onto, I would say to start there.
0: Those are three powerful things for individuals to take note of and praying the promises of God's word that is life-changing it transforms our mind it transforms our heart it grows our faith and self-protection is not our friend you're right you know one of the things about shame is bring it to the light the enemy wants us to keep everything in the dark and bringing it to the light is so important. So AJ, how can people connect with you online and purchase your materials?
1: Okay, sure. So I am online at arabajoy.com. I do have a devotional book. It's a 40-day devotional book on trust, because I know that is so essential, especially for those of us who have deep woundedness in our hearts is opening ourselves up to trust. And again, it's really important. So I do have a 40 day devotional that is on Amazon, but I have a free 40 day praying the promises challenge. If anybody would love to pray the promises and develop this habit in your life that is available on my website as well. It's a free challenge that really is life transforming.
0: Oh, wonderful. I, I'm writing that down. Free 40-day Pray the Promises Challenge. That's great. So in the last few moments that we have here, AJ, could you pray for our listeners today and you know, pray for them as they're on their journey of healing?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had to uh, just spotlight your redemption. God, it is all about you. Your love is redemptive. And Lord, in our last moments here together, I'd love to pray for those who are listening. I pray that they would know the love that surpasses knowledge. God, we need to experience your love, not just know about it in our heads, not just know about it on the pages of your word, but know about it in our hearts, in our emotions, in our souls, in the deepest part of our being. And God, you can do that. You can do that. You've done that for me. You've done that for countless others throughout history, and God, you can do it for those who are listening right here and right now. And God, I pray that each one of these listeners would be filled to the full measure of you, God. Lord, we don't even understand exactly what that means, but we know that you can fill us. You can fill those empty places. You can make meaning of where we don't have any understanding, and God, it's your love that does that. It's not shame. It's not self-manipulation or beating ourselves up. God, it is your love that does that. And so I pray that your love would fill the empty spaces of those who are listening. God, I pray that the power of your spirit would make it come to life, Lord. We know that you can do this. We know that you are a God of healing, of redemption, of bringing beauty from ashes. And so, Lord, I pray that that's what you would do. Thank you. That, that is what you do. And that is what you promise. In your name, we pray. Amen.
0: Well, thank you, Araba Joy, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I can also be found on Instagram and my Facebook page at both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. And I would love to connect with you and hear your own stories. I pray that this episode of Fully Restored Podcast that it ministered to you that the words of life that Araba Joy shared with us would encourage you, that you would feel that you're walking away with some new tools as you are walking out your own fully restored story. And remember friend, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.